All right, this is your place's call. You are listening to episode six of Theatrical Thoughts. I'm Emily Wyra. And I'm Jessica Fight. And today we are joined by Jared Goldsmith, who played Jared in both the National Tour and the Broadway productions of Dear Evan Hansen. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jared. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for taking the time. Of course, of course. So how you doing today on this? I think today is Monday. Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, we're about a year into the pandemic and the shutdown of Broadway, which is definitely a crazy time for a lot of actors. Uh, but it's also been a really cool time to kind of refocus uh, and uh, figure out uh, what other projects I might want to focus on, what other skills I might want to tap into, uh, what other ways I can kind of hone my craft. Um, so it's kind of been a, a really interesting year to say the least uh, and, and definitely not a bad one. I've been trying to, to look at all the positives and uh, look at all the other possible opportunities that have come out of it. Uh, so it's been really cool. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I love that outlook, optimism. I can't believe it's been a year, but yeah, focusing on some new things, exploring some new avenues that we're gonna talk through today. And I'm excited to hear all about your, all of your new stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So starting off, if you've listened to the show before, we do something called a 60 second life story. So Emily's gonna set a timer and then just tell us your life in 60 seconds. <laughs> for sure, I will do my best. Um, okay, so basically, I was born and raised in Livingston, New Jersey. I went to Livingston High School. I went to summer camp at Stage Door Manor for about 10 years throughout my entire childhood. Uh, I was really into theater, really into uh, movies, TV. Uh, when I was really young, I had a manager that represented a lot of children. I did a lot of commercials, a lot of voiceovers, Blue's Clues, um, things like that. Uh, I, was, I was in a, a few different voiceovers. Uh, I narrated a lot of audiobooks. Uh, I graduated high school. I went off to college at Elon University in North Carolina. Uh, I got my BFA for music theater and studied music and theater there for four years. Uh, and after that, I did the first national tour of Dear Evan Hansen and then the Broadway production. Uh, simultaneously, was working on a musical called Mazcapan, uh, an original musical I've been writing with uh, my best friend Adam Quinn and myself. Uh, we met at camp. We uh, also did Evan Hansen together. Um, and we got to workshop our musical at Texas State University, both in person and online uh, over the last year. And this year, Adam and I are actually working on releasing some original music, which is going to release very, very soon, uh, uh, starting at the end of this month. So yeah, I, I think that was kind of a, a, a general gist of it. Uh, I don't know how we're doing on the clock. Um, One minute, five seconds. That was impressive. Yes, word. <laughs> cool. I tried to not talk too fast. <laughs> Everybody does, don't worry. This is the part everyone always gets stressed about. Yeah, so. so what was it like being in the industry so young? When did you kind of jump in and get started? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I've technically been a professional actor uh, since I was like five, really, because I was doing Blue's Clues and those little, uh, little kid projects, you know, that are geared toward, toward kid actors. Uh, but, you know, I didn't really feel like I started my formal training until I went to college when I really was like honing my craft, so to speak, um, albeit I was practicing uh, with practical experience until then, even at theater camp or doing the, the musicals in high school. Um, but even, even then graduating uh, and just a young 21, 22 year old working in the industry then, 
was was a cool experience, especially working alongside other Broadway actors that happened to perform in Evan Hansen with me. Um, that you know, especially the adults, like I'd seen them in shows when I was in high school or middle school. Um, so it was kind of a, a, a wild experience working with them and learning a lot from them and learning about their process and how they might uh, approach the work. You know, I think actors, all creatives, they pick up from other creatives around them uh, when they collaborate. So you, you kind of pick up little um, tidbits and, uh, and hints and tricks as you kind of go. So I think, uh, you know, the more you can work, especially from that younger age, uh, and be surrounded by either professionals or people that have just done it, whether it's in community theater or at the pro level, um, it, it always is helpful for the craft uh, for, for anyone who's, who's practicing. Yeah, for sure. So when you were like a little kid, you're mentioning you seeing some of your future colleagues like in shows when you're younger, is that kind of what sparked you to go into the arts, seeing a lot of shows or how a did you- A little bit, yeah. I think, uh, you know, my sister was, uh, was, it, was Annie in a community production of Annie when I was about five and she was about 10. So uh, that was probably one big moment that I remember for sure, uh, kind of sparking my interest. And uh, it was one of the first few shows I'd seen, but I think also seeing my sister in the role and seeing someone I knew actually doing it, it was kind of like this thing that clicked with me that was like, oh, right, people actually do this. Um, and it's not just, you know, a complete fantasy, like, you know, when I watch the, the movie Annie uh, at home uh, on TV, because I'm sure I, I loved that movie when I was a kid. Uh, so anyway. Uh, yeah, I think when you see it, it kind of can often make you want to do it. Uh, I grew up seeing a lot of shows. So, um, you know, just being living in Livingston kind of right outside the city, uh, being able to kind of go in and out and see a lot of shows. I think that's that was part of my uh, inspiration and love and just kind of seeing it and kind of wanting to be a part of that community uh, so, so much. Yeah, totally. Do you remember what your first show on Broadway was or how old were you ish? Yeah, I think I saw Chicago when I was about five. Um, <laughs> That's such I, a good first show at five. Yeah, and I think it was at a different theater at that point. I recall seeing um, a lot of the early shows I saw, uh, they were like in the, it was kind of in the aftermath of 9-11. Of um, I saw the Music Man revival and, uh, and Chicago and a, a couple of those shows. Um, and it was it was definitely like a different energy going on around around Broadway. Um, completely different energy today, obviously. Uh, it's a much different type of shutdown, um, a, a much more long form one than a, than a short form one or two night uh, version. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I do recall seeing uh, a lot of those shows. And I, I recall seeing Beauty and the Beast at a, at a young age. I think that one definitely resonated with me because uh, it was Beauty and the Beast. I was familiar with the movie and um, it, it was probably one of those first few shows I was actually able to like keep my five-year-old self awake for uh, as, a, as a young little little toddler or whatever. Um, I feel like I was always falling asleep uh, when I was little. <laughs> well, Emily and I both love Beauty and the Beast, so we get that. <laughs> Me too. So now high school, you're kind of getting into it and you're going, looking into colleges and all that jazz. What made you choose, well, first of all, going into theater for college and what made you choose Elon and going there? Yeah, uh, you know, I I think I definitely knew I wanted to do the high school shows. I'd seen my sister do the high school shows and, you know, I, I'd kind of watched those. Uh, so I, I think I, I definitely wanted to start doing that. And I think eventually somewhere in the high school time, I said like, you know what, I, I want to perform full time and I'd like to maybe study this in school. And I kind of did the, the BFA shopping around for programs. Uh, I kind of decided I, I wanted a, a BFA in music theater 
And uh, my guidance counselor at the time had given me a slew of schools to, to take a look at. And, uh, you know, I knew some of the big ones. I knew that, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I sort of, I sort of knew, but I sort of didn't know. I didn't, I knew that Carnegie Mellon was a school. I didn't realize they had a huge prestigious musical theater program until I was like 16 or 17. Um, so I was looking into a lot of those programs. I was looking into Michigan. That's where my friend Adam went for directing. Uh, so I knew they had programs. Uh, and then one of the programs my, my guidance counselor said was take a look at Elon University, uh, if you've heard of it. And I knew a couple people maybe from Livingston had gone for, for not music theater related things. Uh, I knew um, uh, someone, someone else I went to camp with uh, went for something completely different, but he went to Elon. So I, I'd heard of the school. Um, and, and I think a lot of people from the New Jersey and kind of Northern area were going there, not necessarily for musical theater though. Uh, and they had, you know, really, um, I think it was a requirement that if you wanted to audition for Elon, you had to go on their main campus and audition. I don't think that's still true. I think they probably have free screens now. I'm not sure how their audition process still works, but I had to go down to the campus in the middle of like a really busy snow year. Uh, it was snowing like every week, I remember, uh, but we like escaped the snow and drove down to Elon and there was no snow down there in North Carolina. And I had a great audition in all three rooms uh, and kind of just felt really good about it. And I was really liking the vibe and I liked how every building was just kind of perfectly brickly built and it just was gorgeous down there, um, like this beautiful campus. And a few months later after I had finished up my senior musical in high school, which was Greece, where I played Danny Zuko, which is also very funny to me. Uh, uh, we, I got a phone call from uh, the head of the music theater program at Elon saying they really liked me in all three rooms and they wanted to offer me a spot in the 2018 class. And that was a really like cool moment for me. And I think that the fact that they had taken the time to really like make those phone calls to every person they were welcoming in uh, really made it feel like a special and kind of personal and correct decision. Uh, and that was kind of where I where I landed. And I was just like, this feels right. And they really want me and I want to give it a try. And I didn't even visit again after uh, between my audition and when I moved in. Uh, it just all kind of happened in those like six months. Uh, and it was a that was a really, really exciting time for sure. Um, to kind of feel like I was transitioning into that kind of pre professional slash professional world. Um, and really kind of starting my formal training. Cause like I was saying, I, I hadn't had the formal training at that point. I had been practicing by doing, uh, but I hadn't really been taking like formal acting class and formal vocal lessons and formal dance technique lessons. Uh, so that, that time at school was really, really valuable. And I, I would definitely encourage uh, everyone to look into, into school and training. Uh, I, I knew that I knew that I'd wanted to, um, uh, go to college like that was kind of it wasn't an option for me to just like not go to college I think I, I just wanted to go to college that's what the kids around me were doing at Livingston High School like everyone was going to college and I didn't just want to be the guy who was like I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to just figure it out because um, some people can do that and they can take that path and it does work out for them uh, I think I was just feeling like I, I needed more time uh, in the oven to kind of fully bake so uh, yeah <laughs> I, I would definitely encourage an education for sure that was kind of crazy. I think I saw you in Greece. So that's crazy. You might have. Yeah. If you'd seen it there, then you probably did. We I, had like a real car did. and I got to drive it on stage. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, I remember being kind of afraid that the car was going to like drive off the stage because it actually like it was on real wheels and it actually was electric and was driving. Um, it was very, very funny. Uh, but yeah. <laughs>
Wait, that's so wild. I forget that. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> How did they manage to get a like a legit car at that high school production? It was a prop car for sure. I mean, I think the money for that production went into the car, and the rest of the set was pretty much like black curtains and like maybe a, a roll-on thing here or there. Uh, but yeah, I guess I don't know which high school musical you might have seen growing up in that town, but the ones I did were I did this uh, 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Um, where I was Mitch Mahoney, which was also very fun, uh, very funny casting. And I was the Cat in Hat and Seussical. And then I was Barnaby and Hello Dolly. And then I was uh, uh, Danny and Grease. Uh, and those were the, the ones I did as well. I also did two of the plays. I did, um, I did Comedy of Errors, where I was Angelo. And I was in a, a play called Stage Door as well. Um, it, was also, it was also kind of a while ago. Uh, but yeah, there was they were they were fun, and I, I also took the stagecraft classes. Uh, I don't know if Mr. Medrow's there, but it was uh, that was a lot of fun because we got to actually construct the sets. Um, and usually, I don't think he did the musical sets. I don't think maybe he did spelling bee. Actually, I think he did spelling bee, um, but uh, he didn't typically do the musicals. He usually did the dramas, and the drama sets I remember it like were always like gorgeous and lush and like amazing looking. Um, uh, Anyway, he was great. <laughs> well, I don't go to Livingston High School anymore, but when I did, yeah, I they, I'm pretty sure Mr. Megro was making the... Where do you go to high school now? I go to Fusion Academy, Morristown. I got a private school in Morristown. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. So walk me through, so you're mentioning Elon was like your first kind of dipping your toe into formal training. What was the, what were those first couple months like? Was that like a whole new world for you or you were you like, oh no, I got this? I mean, it wasn't a, a whole new world in, in that, like, the people I was interacting with felt very similar to the, the people I would go to summer camp with at Stage Door. Uh, you know, it was of that kind of breed, uh, the typical, like, theater kids, I guess, uh, who were just hungry to all kind of learn and, and get better uh, at the art of it all. Um, I think the interesting transition for me was moving in, you know, moving away from academia of like math and history and social studies and science into like art and just kind of you know dance and acting and and those classes and I mean again I was at a larger university Elon is a university uh but I was pursuing this concentrated liberal arts degree this this bachelor of fine arts degree uh so it was a a nice balance in that regard however uh it still was very focused on, you know, your degree comes first. Uh, so it was kind of now like saying, okay, like, yeah, you'll take two science classes, but that's not your focus here. That's not why you're here. And it's like, yeah, you'll take one or two math classes to get those general education requirements out of the way, but that's not really why you're here. Uh, so it was kind of understanding like, oh, my gen ed classes are important and like, I want to do well in them. And like I did, and I, I had that training from living high school to know that I would do well in them. And that made it that much easier. Uh, and it was kind of just like reminding myself, I can shift focuses and like, you know, figure out what is important. And, uh, you know, it just, it became a different type of training. It's like going to acting class and then your, your homework time might be in a dance studio practicing your turns or in your practice studio practicing your scales and, you know, warming up your voice and singing. Uh, it's just a, a different type of training ground, um, uh, almost a, a boot camp, if you will. Uh, but definitely a very nurturing environment. And I, I learned so much. And, you know, the, the biggest thing I learned is that the learning never stops. 
uh, and I still consider myself a student and I always want to be a student who's curious. I still take class, still take acting class, even on Zoom, because I can um, and because I want to keep the, the muscles uh, in, in tip top shape. Uh, especially when I when I have a self tape audition or something coming in, I want to just feel like I I know what I'm doing and it's just kind of routine and it's practice at this point. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a, a a bit of a shock, I guess, the the first few months of college because I think it is for anyone. Uh, but it, it it was a good shock and it was a kind of a kind of a good transition. And I mean, the way I've kind of looked at it, you know, my young adult life at least. I feel like the, the fun really kind of started from that moment I, I finished high school and really got to start doing and pursuing what I loved. That's amazing. So what would you say is like your favorite aspect or was your favorite aspect of college? Like if you have a favorite memory or something of that sort? Ooh, uh, hmm. I mean, we, oh my, I don't know. Uh, if I had to like boil it down to one, one thing, uh, you know, I, I, I think the getting into college was like super awesome and the graduating of college alongside knowing that I was doing Dear Evan Hansen at that point was like a perfect bow around that entire package. Uh, and I realized that most people don't have that perfect of a college experience, especially in this industry. It does happen and I've heard of it happening and it's happened to several other kids I went to school with, um, but it, it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, so for me, I think that is like a, a cool moment and like, so the moment getting in, the moment hearing about Dear Evan Hansen while I was at Elon, like that was really cool and just kind of a, a, a surreal moment. Um, we also did a really special thing at Elon called Grand Night, which was like this giant review uh, of, of everyone kind of singing and, and making their own choreographed uh, song and dance routines. Um, and it was always really kind of a, a special moment. We would always sing uh, the same song for the finale every year. We would do it, we would do it, yeah, we would do it once a year. Um, and uh, the, the song was written by uh, Elon alum as well. Uh, so I think that was kind of a, a special moment for sure, uh, the grand night every, every year and kind of watching each class come in and each class graduate. Uh, that was really cool. That's awesome. Now, talking about Dear Van Hansen and that you had already booked it at that point, what was the audition process like for it? And how did you find out that you booked the role of Jared? Totally. Um, the audition process was definitely pretty intense but I don't think it was uh you know any different from how typical Broadway musicals are cast these days uh you know I was entering my senior year of college as it was uh announced that uh the first national tour of Dear Van Hansen would be launching and um uh, they were holding auditions that fall anyway uh so you know I as well as many of my other classmates who were looking for more long-term employment moving away from the summer stock you know in between summer kind of jobs um this was just one of those jobs that was happening and we knew it was happening after we were graduating. So I took it upon myself to go to an open call uh, while I was in the middle of, of kind of ending my, I think ending my fall semester of senior year. So I was approaching graduation anyway. Uh, and on top of that, we also were bringing, the way Elon would showcase their music theater class at the end of four years, they would bring a lot of casting directors and agents directly down to our school, as well as have a small concert at 54 Below in the city towards the end of our spring semester, senior year. So uh, I ended up auditioning for the show. I went to an open call. I, I got a few callbacks later down the line. Um, and a lot of this was happening during the J term at Elon. They had a January term for the month of January where it was optional. You didn't have to attend. 
uh, and I didn't need to at that point. I'd finished most of my requirements. Uh, so I was able to go to the callback with the casting director. And then there was a third callback with the director of the show, Michael Greif. Uh, and then the final callback happened, I think, at the beginning of my spring semester senior year, uh, where I had to fly back from Elon. And I met with the casting director and the producers and the creatives and the whole, the whole writing team and the book writers. Uh, so that was like the final, final audition. And of course, Adam, my best friend, was also in the room. Uh, as an associate director, kind of keeping his mouth shut and kind of just allowing them to make their decision by, by themselves and kind of not trying to weigh in too much. Um, so that was really wild. We kind of never looked at each other when we went into the room, like he would look one way and I would look another and he would kind of look down, his hands would be sweating and we just kind of <laughs> would, wouldn't acknowledge it. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that kind of was the short version. There were about four different auditions uh, and the truth is that from the time I'd booked it until the time I'd started was kind of this long, uh, exciting waiting period. A lot of actors say that's sometimes the most exciting part, like between when you book it and between when you start it. Um, it's that excitement kind of uh, period. And, and that was definitely extended for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I pretty much graduated knowing I was doing the show in some capacity. At that point, they were, you know, saying we, we'd love to offer you the role, Jared, we will figure out, you know, whether you'll be on Broadway or tour or whatever capacity that, that looks like. And uh, I was just excited to kind of be jumping on board into a show uh, after graduating. Um, that was kind of like a, a humongous win for me. So I didn't really care where I was going. And the truth is uh, doing the tour right after school was, was so perfect because I wasn't tied down to really living anywhere. I just graduated, I was young. Uh, I'm still pretty young uh, and yeah I, I, I got to perform this show for the first time in 25 different cities who had never seen uh, the show in their in their city before uh, so that was definitely a really really special experience. That's so cool especially the fact that you didn't even know if you were booking it for the tour or Broadway so. Yeah the truth is they were holding auditions for uh, for both, you know, they knew that the original cast was kind of transitioning out and a lot of them were leaving soon. So they were basically holding auditions simultaneously to look for two companies uh, to fill out the first replacement cast of Broadway and the first national tour. Uh, so pretty much everyone that was auditioning at that point was, uh, was auditioning for multiple uh, companies um, because they were, they were launching that second company. And, you know, at that point, they were trying to figure out what worked and they wanted to maintain what they knew worked. You know, the show had won the Tony for Best Musical and several others. So they knew certain cast members were working and what they were doing was working. So they wanted to not find people that could replicate uh, what the original cast was doing, but they, they did want to find what they knew would work uh, or what they thought at least would work. So, uh, you know, eventually then we got to rehearsing and we got to explore and play around with each other a little more. And, you know, there's something magical about opening a new company together where they can all play off of one another whereas when you step in as a replacement you're kind of more stepping in uh and you're kind of just filling out that puzzle piece rather than starting a full puzzle uh together if that makes sense yeah definitely so set aside the kind of excitement of starting a new company what would you say was your favorite part of being on tour especially in contrast to broadway experience yeah i think uh i think the traveling was really cool um you know kind of just visiting each new city and it was like a new little adventure that would last you know one two four six weeks uh you know we were in LA for six weeks we were in Chicago for four weeks we were in Boston for four weeks DC for five weeks uh Fort Lauderdale for two weeks 
um, Atlanta for one week. So it, it just was kind of this, uh, you know, this wild ride. Uh, and I think for me, some of the highlights were, you know, trying new foods in every city. I think that was like a must for me. Uh, and, you know, exploring the new theater in each city uh, and kind of learning how to play to a different theater uh, in each city, different house, different size venue. Uh, that was kind of really cool. Um, and just sort of seeing the backstage set up in, in each city and how that kind of changed and tra transitioned. Um, those were definitely highlights. And, you know, like going to Disney and uh, those, those fun things that just you had the days to be able to do while on tour. Uh, just the exploring part was really cool. And the truth is now looking back in this past year of COVID, I'm so grateful that I got to do all that traveling uh, in that year's time uh, because I, I don't know what the future of that will look like. I'm sure it will resume uh, in some capacity and eventually its fullest capacity like it once was, uh, but I don't know when exactly. So I am really grateful that I got to do that uh, immediately after college. Yeah, that's incredible that's definitely a good way to start your adult life <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure so yeah. going off of that you went from tour to broadway so how did that happen slash how was that transition yeah you know that transition was pretty simple a lot of the touring company ended up moving to the broadway company just for simplicity again they knew that we had worked in the roles and we knew the roles well at that point. We knew our lines, we knew the staging uh, and the, the difference between the tour production and the Broadway production was pretty much not next to nothing uh, other than that the, the Broadway stage literally is a little bit smaller. The deck is built smaller and it's also built uh, to be raked. Um, so it's, it's slanted a little bit and eventually it, it pulls on your, your lower back if you're not careful. Um, so learning how to work the rake was kind of one of my biggest transitions to Broadway. Like that was kind of a, an interesting uh, adjustment that I had to make. And the only reason they rake the stage for this show in particular is uh, so that the floor projections are visible to the audience. Uh, it's a sightline thing. Um, and they just, it, it would be a little too difficult to do that on tour. And the stage is bigger anyway, and the houses are bigger. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, the numbers on the stage, like a few of those things were different, but really the, the transition itself uh, was pretty easy and seamless. Um, I had finished the tour, uh, I think at the end of September in 2019, we had about two weeks off and then we had about two weeks of very casual rehearsal, which was just with us and a stage manager and maybe a few understudies playing and filling in some of the other roles. Uh, it wasn't a big rehearsal process like when we first launched the tour where we had the director and all the writers there uh, doing book work and table work with us. At that point, it was assumed we all kind of knew it and we were going to transition our performances over. And the only thing we had to really work with were, work with were a few newer folks. Um, you know, for example, uh, I was doing the tour with, uh, with Ben Ross and Stephen Anthony, and then we moved over to the Broadway company and we were working with Andrew Feldman and Michael E. Brown and some other, some other great folks, Zach Pizer. Um, who, who then joined. So it was kind of just like uh, working with different people, but we were kind of used to that anyway, because when an understudy would go on for Evan or Connor or any of those roles, like that would keep us on our toes. I like when understudies go on. Um, it, that's something you don't really get to experience until you're really working in a long, long-term show like this. Because uh, uh, even at Summerstock, when it would be a four-week engagement or you know high school, college, it's only a weekend or two weekends. You just don't really, it's pretty rare an understudy like goes on uh, like at least in my experience. Um, so that was pretty cool. 
just kind of the opportunity to do the same show and the same production with different people filling in the different slots and roles and costumes and all that. Uh, I love that. But yeah, the transition, I mean, we found out uh, probably a few months before the tour had ended as kind of contracts were renewing and it was around that time. Uh, and I was really happy to do the show with new folks and with some of the same folks. It kept it kind of both familiar and fresh at the same time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, you know, the other thing I'll say about the Broadway company, because it was running so much longer, uh, you know, and the contracts hadn't been lining up in the same way, I was doing a lot of the put-in rehearsals as well. So, like, I was there when Andrew Feldman was leaving, and we were replacing him with Jordan Fisher. So we had to do Jordan Fisher's put-in. And the put-in rehearsal is basically uh, where the actor that's being put into the show uh, is in full costume, full mic, makeup, everything. And the rest of the actors just kind of show up, they put their mics on, they're not in costume. And uh, it's really to make sure that the actor that's being put in and that's being set in the show uh, the next night um, is, is good to go. Uh, and you know, it's our job that we're staying in the show and continuing to just kind of make sure everything runs smoothly and kind of gently push that actor along into, into their right track, uh, if that makes sense. Um, so that was, that was very common in the Broadway production, uh, doing rehearsal for new actors, especially when a new Evan would come in, they were, they were very much, you know, because Evan's the titular role, uh, you know, they want to make sure that, that that would run smoothly. Um, so the, the rehearsals were, were never really stopping, even when you were fully set into a show, uh, there was often still rehearsal going on. Yeah, that seems so cool to be part of that, to be part part of the experience that welcoming someone in and making sure that it feels the same way it does for you guys. So that's so cool. Yeah, it's a nice feeling. You know, a lot of actors are really about what is the culture and environment going on at the theater, you know, not just on stage, but off stage. You know, you want to make sure you have that good chemistry with one another um, because it, it'll translate to whoever's watching. Yeah, 100%. So what would you say as a part of that show is kind of your favorite, I guess, little memory or kind of your favorite part of getting to do it every night? What kind of stands out to you as the hmm. best part? <laughs> I guess I I always think of like, you know, a uh, half hour and like places to the top, you know, uh, it's typically just a half hour call. You show up, at some you usually show up sometime before half hour at the theater and, and then at half hour, it's kind of like the 30 minute go time to get your costume and makeup or warm up, whatever it is you got to do. Uh, and then typically we'd have a little ritual uh, before the show would start, uh, mostly in the, definitely in the Broadway company um, where we would just kind of circle up uh, stage left. And um, sometimes we would, you know, do the number counting game where we all have to count to, you know, the eight of us have to count to eight without one person saying, one number at the same time, or sometimes we make a sentence with eight words and go around like that. Uh, but something to just kind of center us or even to say, how's your day? How was your day? How, you know, what did you do? Are you, are you well, you're here now, and it's time to just focus in and, and be present. And, you know, I think that's what we, we tend to forget so much as humans in our society as we go about our days day by day, we, we kind of fall back, uh, not in the present kind of circle of energy with everyone. Uh, so I guess, I guess uh, the idea of kind of maintaining that presence and being present 
uh, I, I really appreciate a lot. Uh, and I, I definitely miss that a lot. Uh, I mean, I miss doing the show, but you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. And uh, we'll, all, we'll all come back at, at some point. And I, I can't wait for the, for the day when we do. Um, but yeah, I think the circle. <laughs> we miss theater very much too. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. I don't think anyone who's currently alive can say they've experienced anything like this. Uh, and because of that, I think there will be such a, a, a magnetic energy when theater does come back and there is a full house, not just like a 30% house, but like a, a true full house that's back and everyone's kind of there together and you know, whether they're experiencing a new show or musical that might come about in the next few years and be produced, or it's something old, uh, even something as old as, you know, Wicked or, or Phantom or Dear Evan Hansen, you know, something that was there pre-pandemic. I think audiences will will go there and they'll experience it and they'll, they'll know that we've all been through this thing together and we all made it out on the other side together. And, uh, you know, that's part of theatrical experience that makes each night specific to each night um, and just each energy uh, specific. It's why, you know, you can do live streams and do live Zooms, uh, but there is something about everyone physically going and getting up to be in the same location at once and just everyone breathing the same air. I know it's like, it's weird to even say that now because we're like, Ugh! but uh, but truly like breathing the same air and being there, you know, uh, they say, I think, um, like when everyone's listening to the same uh, the same song in a theater like that, their heartbeats eventually align uh, in this, the same way. And while that might be true on, on Zoom, even though there might be delays and whatnot, uh, it's still not the same magnetic energy as when everyone's uh, physically together in the same place. Uh, so I, I do think it, it will eventually be back bigger than ever. Uh, it's just gonna take some time. Yeah, I can't wait for that moment. Just that gave me chills. I'm yeah, it gives me chills too to think about it. And I, I can't wait for, for the day it happens. I think it's going to be so awesome. And I think there's going to be a giddy energy, you know, once, once true productions, you know, I know now we're, we're talking a lot about uh, to kind of this interim period, there'll be like this, uh, I think it's called New York City Pops Up, where there'll be probably, uh, my guess is it's review styles, um, you know, people singing uh, songs and they'll be at theaters like the Music Box Theater or the Apollo Theater up in Harlem where it's easy to socially distance, um, but they won't be big productions like Wicked or uh, Phantom or um, Book of Mormon or, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> those shows. Uh, it won't be big shows, Lion King, Aladdin. Um, not yet. Uh, they're thinking probably uh, uh, if everything goes well around Labor Day or sometime thereafter, um, you know, sometime in the, in the mid-fall, I think. Uh, and I think once those, those productions that people remember Broadway as do really return, I, I think uh, people really are going to are, are going to want to go when they know it's safe and they can they're going to be really craving it because they're going to have missed it yeah well emily and i told zach Pizer and we'll tell you as soon as it opens dervin hansen opens again we will be in the first row cheering you guys on <laughs> yay we can't wait uh i miss zach very dearly as well and he's 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 so great he's just such a pro and and so nice and uh i, I love him so much and it was such a joy to work with him uh i always loved his shows they were so uh they were just so different you know and that's that was also the cool thing of, of doing it with different evans you know you get something very different from each person obviously zach Kaiser is very different from jordan fisher they're both very lovely humans but they bring themselves to the role and it's uh it's it was really cool to bounce off of that um and, and everyone else that i got to work with so yeah 
I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it is. It really is. I, I know we're, we're all just so eager. You know, I, I, I can't wait for that, that moment when everyone's rehearsing and like all these big productions are rehearsing probably at similar times and everyone's going to be like getting ready to get back on track. It's going to be really, really cool. Uh, absolutely. But even in the virtual kind of realm, you've been keeping yourself quite busy. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of it comes from pure boredom. Uh, I, I guess it's no secret at this point, uh, at least to, to, to those in, in the Gen Z. I, I am on TikTok now. Uh, I'm on Twitch. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm, on, I'm soon to be on Spotify by the end of this month, which is very, very exciting. Uh, and it's just kind of like, yeah, it's how I've been keeping myself busy, um, you know, and refocusing, like I was talking about at the beginning. Uh, you know, I, I've always loved music and I've always loved writing music. I haven't always had the time to really finesse and fully produce something uh that that's kind of a finished product but now i've i've had that time I've, I've you know i've gotten to work on this musical that i've been writing for the past few years uh and i got to workshop that at texas state online and at texas state in person before this uh, pandemic had happened and um and yeah I, I i have a tiktok now so i've i've been doing a lot of that uh, i've garnered a ridiculous amount of, of likes and views and followers which kind of makes me laugh um because i i think it's like so ridiculous but i also you know, if it brings people joy and they, they think it's funny, then I think that's great because uh, I think people can, can use uh, some lightness these days um, since everything's just so intense. And I, sometimes I turn on the news and I just I have to turn it right off because it's just, <laughs> there's no good news. Um, so yeah, uh, I've been keeping myself busy like that and it's, it's fun and uh, it's just something to kind of keep busy while we're still, still a little stuck inside, but uh, very, very soon uh, are moving out, um, which is which is also very exciting. Yes, definitely. So can you tell us a little bit more about your musical that you're writing? Absolutely. Uh, so Maz Capan uh, tells the story of two best friends, uh, Ralph and Harry, which are very much based on me and Adam. Uh, but basically it tells the story of two best friends, Ralph and Harry, who find themselves stuck in a magical town full of singing and dancing Maisies. Uh, and the Maisies are actually puppets, but they uh, <laughs> inhabit the entire town of Mazdapan. And the Maisies of Mazdapan see Ralph and Harry and they go, oh my gosh, you're two humans. You don't look like us. And you must be the Messiah of Mazdapan. You've come here to save us from this drought that we've had for the past few generations. And you're going to bring the rain and be the Messiah of Mazdapan. And that's the short setup uh, and they basically now have to assume the role of the Messiah in Mazdapan for the weekend. Uh, there are a lot of other characters that come along. Uh, it's a really fun, just splashy, tropey musical comedy. Uh, and we really have loved it since its inception. We've been talking about it for probably close to seven years. And we finally started writing it about three to four years ago. And it's been a lot of writing and rewriting and editing and drafts and new drafts and new drafts and new drafts and new, drafts and new songs and new songs. Uh, and just making it perfect. And, you know, we, we have this time now to make it perfect and we're not really on a rush uh, for anything. So we want it to just be perfect. You know, we think a lot of uh, young artists do tend to rush uh, uh, making products and, you know, they want things to be finished and realized and seen quickly. And I understand that eagerness as well. Uh, and now there's such a weird, blurred line between what is art and what is content and what is noise and 
et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I think there's a place for all of them. I think there's a place for content and there's a place for art. And I think there are differences as well, um, which is why I kind of have been dabbling with a lot of it all. Uh, and uh, I don't know, hoping that I'm kind of doing the right, the right thing in each one, but you know, we're, we're kind of just, um, doing what we think is, is right. And I, I, I think that one day it really will be, will be realized. And, uh, and I can't wait for it to be, for the final version of it to really be seen one day. Uh, I think, I think people are gonna like it. <laughs> I'm like very excited to see this eventually. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really, really big lavish musical. Um, and I don't wanna give too, too much away. Uh, we, we had a really successful workshop uh, at Texas State um, using their students who are so tremendously talented and we did get to record the whole thing and we've kept it. Uh, we, we've kept it pretty under wraps in terms of what the public is available to view. Uh, you can find information, some information about it online, such as we've, we had a concert of it uh, almost three years ago now in New York City. Um, it's much has been changed since then. Uh, yeah, it's been, like I was saying, a lot of drafts and drafts and redrafts and redrafts and, you know, we don't want to rush it, you know, I think takes time to write a musical there's a reason it took Lin-Manuel five six you know seven-ish years to to write Hamilton like it it you know these things do take time uh, uh so we've just been trying to do it the right way and take take the time um and and now we've had the time with this closure of Broadway which we wouldn't have had otherwise so it it is looking like uh you know looking at it with a perspective like that and uh you know there's also only so much we can do at the moment uh given what what is available to us so you know we're uh, we're doing what we can but it's oh we love it and one day uh people are gonna love it too amazing so this is is this your first kind of dipping your toe into the not acting side of theater or have you had experience prior uh I, you know i i i think it's my first time trying to claim it i guess <laughs> uh you know I've definitely taken writing classes, you know, throughout high school, college, et cetera. Uh, but it's, I think I tried to consider myself more of a, an overall artist and, a, and a, an actor slash manager for myself. Uh, it does feel like these days, that's what actors have to do, uh, especially as we're seeing the actor uh, influencer line blend together, like I was saying earlier. Um, so yeah, it's my first time kind of claiming it. Uh, I do think writing is something that oftentimes is like, you gotta learn by doing. Um, and, you know, uh, taking advice from mentors, you know, we, Adam and I have had several conversations with people like Andrew Lippa, who we really respect, uh, with Benj and Justin, who wrote Dear Evan Hansen, who've taken the time to kind of give us their honest feedback uh, on our writing and how it can be improved. Um, and, you know, it's like at the end of the day, Benj and Justin were just two guys who went to Michigan for their BFA in music theater as well. So they were also actors. You know, I, I find that a lot of times uh, when you're younger, you see kind of the theater community around you. It manifests itself in that like everyone who's there is just an actor because there aren't really opportunities for like, you know, a six-year-old to be a stage manager. And there aren't really opportunities for like even a 13 year old or a 15 year old to be a director. Um, they just don't exist, uh, unfortunately. And that's maybe that's for the better, <laughs> probably. Uh, but 
yeah, so I think these are some of the careers that, you know, as you kind of age, you kind of figure out, eh, some of it is by doing, uh, and I'll try doing and see how it goes. Uh, so yeah, it kind of is my first kind of dipping the toes in. I've now been working on Mazdaran for like four years, like I was saying. So I kind of just consider it routine and, and Adam and I have been working together since we were nine and 11 when we first met. So we very much understand how each other's brains operate. And, you know, we've been singing and fooling around together at the piano since then, like we were doing the talent shows at summer camp and all that. So we have that kind of, uh, performer slash uh, musical theater performance writing energy anyway. Uh, so it's kind of just been working on that. And it's what's been really nice is this past year moving a little bit away from Mascapan into just music and this pop music that we're releasing and, and seeing the differences there. Uh, and it, we found in many ways, it's a lot easier just writing songs that don't have to puzzle together in with an entire story and characters and a book and a plot and all these, these other elements. Um, it's just, it's a whole different world in just specifically music production rather than a full scale production of a musical. Yeah, no, 100%. And that must be so special that you guys get to work together and you're so close. Like that must be such a cool experience. Yeah, it really is kind of a dream come true when we, when we take a step back and, and really look at it and awe and say, you know what, like, this is so cool that we get to do this and that we get to do it together. And we kind of just get to choose the story we want to write and live, uh, literally. You know, it's, we, we look back and uh, we, we, we tell, you know, we'd say, oh my gosh, you know, if we told our nine and 11 year old selves, like, you know, hey, you know, you know, several years from now, like, we're always going to be shut down, but like you two both worked on it. You worked on a big musical that was like a big success. And, and then you got to work on your own musical that you wrote together. And then you got to work on your own uh, pop music that you wrote together and released together. Like, I think we would both really pat our, ourselves on the backs and, and be really proud of ourselves as you should be. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so you guys are releasing some music coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah, our first um, our first single uh, under Jared, it's just Jared. Uh, it, it's called Back on Track, and it's going to be releasing March 26th. Uh, and then uh, several weeks after that, the, the, the weeks following that, uh, a single will be released each week as well. Uh, for about four weeks uh, in a row, there'll be there'll be music coming out. So it's going to be really exciting. You'll definitely be seeing a lot of me on the TikTok and the Instagram and all that, uh, just talking about it. Um, and we think you're going to really enjoy these tunes, and we're excited to share them with the world. They're fully produced. Um, there's a lot of fun visuals that are going to go with them, and we're just really excited. Uh, 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 I think both excited, nervous, anxious, and really just excited. Uh, I think we're really just excited. Yeah. Yeah, 100. Well, Jesse and I are both counting down we're so excited hey, hey um well i can't wait for you to hear you will you will not miss it uh especially if you're following along on all the socials uh you will definitely find it but yeah so where can um our listeners find you in case they want to connect with you obviously they should be streaming your music as the moment it comes out yeah. music uh the moment it comes out on midnight on the 26th um there will likely be a twitch show that that comes later that night as well uh, on that Friday, but uh, it'll be on Spotify, it'll be on Apple Music, it'll be on Amazon Tidal, wherever you consume music, the music will be there. It'll be on TikTok, the sounds will be there, we're going to be using the sounds, it's going to be a really fun time. Uh, and yeah, you can find me, all my social media links are at Jared B. Goldsmith, uh, it's B as in boy, um, and I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on, uh, you know, uh, the other thing, Twitch, 
Um, All of the places. There's so many. There's so many now. <laughs> so many now. Uh, I get lost in it. But yes, I'm on all of them. So find me there. Follow me there. There's updates. There's a Discord. I have a Discord. I have a giant Discord now that you can join and get the schedule for my Twitch. Um, so feel free to join up. It's in uh, my link tree and all my uh, my bios on TikTok and Instagram and all those. But yeah. But yeah, guys, go stream the music. Go get hyped and count down the days till Broadway returns and we can see you on stage again. Yes. Jared, thank you so much for taking the time today. It was so awesome to get to talk to you and hear your insight. Seriously, we can't thank you enough. Of course. Well, thank you so, so much for having me. Uh, and thank you for asking such great questions. Uh, this was so, so fun and terrific. Uh, and it's always such a pleasure uh, to get to kind of just chat, you know? Yeah, we couldn't agree more. Thank you so much again. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Thank you. But yeah, I think that concludes episode Jesse, this is episode six. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much again, Jared. And be sure to follow you all of the places. And we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Yeah.